you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey everybody, DJ Bucky Rhett uh, here on Move the Sticks, and we are going to take a little time right now to look at three, I will say snug divisions, uh, where it's all coming down to the end here with three weeks left to go. I thought we could analyze uh, who we like to come on top, come out on top here as we finish this thing up. And I think we should start, first of all, with the NFC East, and, uh, and man, the Cowboys and the Eagles neck and neck. Obviously, the Cowboys hold the tiebreaker as we sit right now. Uh, Buck, who do you like uh, finishing this thing up and uh, and winning this division? Who? Uh, it's tough because the Cowboys are a team that look they they dominate the little lightweights and cupcakes, but they have a tough time when they have to deal with someone uh, that's a heavyweight contender. Meanwhile, the Eagles are floundering. I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Eagles to finish out on top, even though they're struggling right now. I believe they kind of find their way. I'm a big believer in the quarterback Jalen Hurts. I think he. And some of his post-game comments when he talked about needing more commitment from some of the guys, I think they have this many of the minds where they come together and they get on the same page. All is not bleak, even though they're in the midst of a three-game losing streak. They get it back on track and they finish strong. I didn't love seeing, uh, obviously, what we saw from the Cowboys in Orchard Park, New York, against the Bills this last week. Uh, I mean, you just you, that defense getting run on that way was something that felt like we we haven't seen since what that 49ers debacle. Um, you know, back earlier in the season, I, I'm kind of trending Cowboys here. And I know that Jalen Hurts wasn't himself uh, on Monday night in Seattle. So I, I'm just kind of like, I'm hoping that that's the case for Philly, but I feel like I have more confidence in the way that Dallas had been playing. Whereas for the Eagles now, it's been a couple of games here recently where they've kind of let things, they've showed some signs of slippage. The Cowboys had been playing really well up until that Buffalo loss. Uh, they, they, for whatever reason, have those clunkers from time to time and hoping that's an aberration and not uh, more of the norm. And I think uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys to come out on top in this division. I think Dak Prescott, on the whole, has been playing um, a little bit better than Jalen Hurts. And so I feel better about the quarterback play there at this point. Yeah, and I mentioned a minute ago, obviously, the, they've split this year uh, when they've played. The yeah. Eagles won the first meeting with the Cowboys. The Cowboys won the second meeting. Um, but you will use the word clunker, Rhett. And what, are the, what do the clunkers have in common? You're playing elite teams on the road. San Francisco, 42-10. to 10, They got hammered. Buffalo, 31-10. to 10, Both those teams, really good teams, talented teams, tough environments. They go on the road, they lose. Well, you look at the rest of their schedule. At Miami's up next. So that fits the criteria. Elite team on the road, that would scare me right there if you're the Dallas Cowboys because if they were to lose that game, um, then you finish up Detroit at home, who's a really, really good football team, and then at Washington, mm-hmm. which is a divisional game. You never know what you're going to get there. It's not an easy run. Um, they just lose one of those games, they're in trouble because the Eagles should win out, even though they're not, they're not playing well. The yeah. Cowboys are playing better than the Eagles. But they've got two games with the Giants sandwiched in between that as a meeting with the Cardinals. So mm-hmm. the Dolphins Philadelphia Eagles have struggled, though, right against good here. teams. The Dolphins yeah, have struggled but, against but, better teams, though, this that. year. And without But if you, if you look at just 
it's hard not I can't divorce myself from what we just saw oh, the last week for each of those teams. And uh legit argument. I don't know. I I just to me that 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 will be uh that look, it'll be a big game. We'll see what happens there. There's a lot gonna be uh uh, decided in the NFL after this next week because of the, some of the matchups that we have. I think that's one of the key ones there uh, when you look at the Miami Dolphins hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Um, all right, let's get to the next one here. Rhett, you're up first on this one. NFC yeah. South is kind of a muddy mess. Who do you like there? Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. I just uh, feel like the way that um, that Baker Mayfield's playing, uh, Dave Canales, I think is has he and he and Baker together have figured out the way that they want to operate. They got Rashad White rolling a little bit. Uh, now, too, uh, both mm-hmm. the run game and the pass game. Mike Evans is having another terrific season. Doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Um, I, I just I feel like the quarterback's playing really well there in Tampa. Probably playing, even though Derek Carr probably had his best game as a Saint this last week. I still feel comfortable that the Bucks have gotten better quarterback play can, more consistently than anybody in this division. And their defense, when healthy, is the best one in the division. So give me the Bucks, Buck. Yeah, I'm with you uh, when it comes to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield and Dave Canales have done a really good job settling in in terms of how Baker is utilized in this offense. It's a mix of some of the stuff that Russell Wilson was doing up in Seattle and then some of the things that Baker's always done when it comes to being a quick rhythm passer. You look at the personnel that they have available, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans outside. You talk about Rashad White being able to find his way as a runner. And then defensively, Todd Bowles knows how to ratchet up the pressure in key moments. The Bucs, to me, are the class of the division. Uh, a little bit about them, but more so about the others. I don't think the others are consistent enough to get on board and catch the Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, I won't belabor the point. I'm with you guys. Uh, Tampa, to me, is the, is the team that I trust the most. Um, again, I don't know that any of these teams, whoever wins it, I don't see them doing much in the postseason. Um, but for you know Tampa, for the changes that they've underwent over the last couple of years, for them to be in position to go win this division and, and really finding something here in a resurgence uh, of Baker Mayfield, a uh, hat tip to Jason Light and their group. Um, all right, AFC South, I'll start us off there. Indy, to me, is just the one that I trust the most. Um, I trust Shane Steichen, the job that he's done. I trust this defense, which has played really, really well. Um, it is, again, it's a crowded field there, but that's the team that even when you know guys have come in and out of the lineup, I think you've seen it in Houston, Buck. Uh, some of the pieces come out of the lineup, then it's uh, you know it, it impacts them a little bit. Um, whereas on the other side, I, I look at Indianapolis, and even with the shuffling of the chairs here, I, I just man, I, I've been impressed with the way they've uh, the way they've shown up here as of late. I trust the Colts. Look, I don't I don't blame you for trusting the Colts. They played really well. They've done a really good job of plugging young players in, backup players in, and not skipping a beat. The issue that the, the Indianapolis Colts run into is. The Jaguars hold the tiebreaker over them. And if the Jaguars win two or three, uh, it's going to be their division. I don't think they can catch them. And then when it comes down to it, uh, like we look at the quarterbacks, I'm going to trust that the other quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud, are going to play better down the stretch than Garner Minshew. No knock to Garner Minshew. I just think those guys are better equipped to handle the pressurized environments. So give me the Jags to find a way to kind of get into the tournament as a division winner. And I think our answers here speak to the competitiveness at the top of this division because I'm going to take the Texans. Been on the Texans all year, and I get it that they've been depleted a little bit in terms of key player injury uh, spots with Tank Dell out for the rest of the year. Nico Collins uh, you know, was down this last week. Dalton Schultz has been in and out of the lineup. But um, I do think that if, if as long as C.J. Stroud does not miss you know, the rest of the season and has more time, to come back in here and get himself back right with this offense, I think they've got a chance. And I also think that they've got the grittiest defense out of all these three teams, including the Colts and the Jaguars. 
Uh, and I know we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit heavier here in a little while, but I think D'Amico Ryan's also, um, you know, has this team. It's, it's three really good head coaches, too, when you think about this thing. You talked about Shane Sykin's candidacy for coach of the year. D'Amico Ryan should be right up there with the turnaround this Texans team has uh, in, enjoyed this year, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I, I just, I feel comfortable with where Houston is as long as CJ Stroud does not miss significant time down the stretch here. Yeah, I think if Tank Dell was healthy, which sounds crazy for a rookie, uh, that his impact on this team, I think, is pretty significant. Obviously, get C.J. Stroud back, but missing Tank Dell to me is a big deal. But I'm with you. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's in the mix as as the coach of the year. Not only has changed what they've done defensively on the field, they found their quarterback of the future, but the the whole culture just feels totally different than anything we've seen from Houston in quite some time. So quite a story there uh, with D'Amico Ryan's and the Houston Texans. We can kind of stay on the Houston Texans here, guys. Uh, this is a team uh, defensively coming off of a game where they completely shut down Derrick Henry. 20 touches, 10 scrimmage yards. That's the fewest yards by a player with 20-plus touches in how long? Uh, ever. Uh, that's pretty good. I think NFL history is something uh, to be proud of when you do something that hasn't been done before. Uh, so this defense, when you look at them, uh, Rhett, uh, you, you're somebody who pays a lot of attention. You, you're very tight in and, and close in that organization. What have you seen when you've dug in and uh, and done some homework on this Texans defense? I think the homegrown players. You know, I think that's that that is something that uh, kind of rings true there. And it, obviously, it starts up front. I think Will Anderson has been that franchise cornerstone on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then you know, Derek Stingley, when he's come back and gotten healthy, has been huge in the back end uh, from the coverage perspective. Jalen Petrie. Uh, and then you mixed in some quality veterans there, right? Uh, both at the safety spot uh, and then, you know, at the linebacker spot, Denzel Perryman, I thought gave him a big lift in this game. And we talked about that a little bit um, next to Christian Harris. Again, another homegrown uh, draft pick there on the second level for that Houston, Texas defense. But I do think that uh, a guy that uh, was drafted a couple of years ago and has maybe taken a little bit more time to kind of find his impact with this team is Jonathan Grenard uh, from Florida. I, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, could, he leads all players in the league right now in sacks over the course of the month of December. He's got six in the last three games. He's got four games this year where he's had two or more sacks and 14 now on the season in total. Probably one of the quietest impact edge rushers in the league right now. Now, he doesn't have the total amount of pressures as, say, like, you know, a Nick Bosa or a TJ Watt or an Eden Hutchinson. But what he's doing is he's finding a way to get to the quarterback and get him to the ground. He is getting home when he does get the pressure. So um, I, I do appreciate that. You you know you love the guys that do affect the passer, even if it is with a pressure and not getting him to the ground. But Grenard has gotten his his guy has gotten the opposing quarterbacks to the ground a lot, and it's been a real nice one-two punch off both edges when he's there and when Will Anderson has been healthy. So I think they've got playmakers that uh, at all three levels of this defense. Yeah, really good defense. It's, it's really well constructed, not only with the personnel that they have, but what D'Amico Ryans has done in terms of making sure that the personnel is put in positions to really excel. Uh, you talked about Anderson and Grenard. Those guys have played well on the outside in the back end. Uh, we can talk about Stingley and the job that he's doing and Jimmy Ward being a nice leader in the middle. But the guy they just recently picked up, Derek Barnett, being able to come in and step in uh, to, to replace Will Anderson. Maybe not a frontline starter, but another guy that you can throw in in the rotation, physicality, the toughness, the veteran experience. He has really settled kind of like that third rusher situation. Uh, this yeah. is a good team because they play hard, they're physical, and they understand 
what they're doing. You don't see them give up just easy plays because they're not on the same page from a communication standpoint. To me, that really illustrates the the, the coaching that D'Amico Ryans has really put in place when it comes to the defense side of the ball. Yeah, I pulled up Greenard's notes here, guys. Uh, you guys talking about the year that he's had. Uh, go back through it. You know, interesting thing with him, he was the 90th pick. He was my 104th or honey, yeah, 104th player. He was 6033, 263. He ran 487, so he did not run well. I think that probably dinged him a little bit. But played with his hand up and down. Uh, he had he had he played with get off, so the play speed was good. He can shock and separate, uh, grab, pull. Um, uh, he can slip blocks. He had an 80 yard fumble return uh, touchdown against Vandy. Thought he played really really hard. Um, again, I think the testing got him a little bit and uh, and caused him to fall. And, and as Rhett mentioned, sometimes it takes a little time for guys to come together. The other thing I would add, and Buck, I'll kick it back to you on this real quick. Um, but they they found a fit like a guy like Sheldon Rankins who knows this scheme and and understands how to play an mm-hmm. attack front. He when you watch their tape, you watch all their pressures, and you see the guys. You see Will Anderson doing his thing, and Greener's doing his thing. Sheldon Rankins, he, there's nowhere to go because he's getting so much inside penetration, which I think can even goose some of the numbers for the guys on the outside. Absolutely. I mean, we we talk about it, man. Just just being able to to get the perfect fits for the scheme. And the way the pieces of the puzzle fit for the Texans has been terrific. I can only imagine how good this team will be when they begin to draft more of their player, players and kind of plug in some of what they perceive to be their weak areas with guys that are not only great fits, but maybe better players. This, this team is trending the right way. And I don't think any of us would have thought that the Texans would be the team that we're talking about in this light right now based on what D'Amico Ryan's inherited. Uh, just getting back to your notes on uh, Greenard there, you know, because the first thing in my notes and watching all of his pressures uh, from this season was awesome get off. That was the first thing. And so that, yeah. that maybe not something you would expect mm-hmm. from an edge rusher that's, you know, borderline a four nine player uh, coming off the end. But he had, I thought he had great bend, too, and really good hand usage and trying to stay clean when clearing the edge. And then he victimized Makai Becton on the up and under as a nice counter to that speed move. Um, and just, I, I think he's got some tools in the toolbox there as an edge rusher, and it's been fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, yeah, I watched a lot of sack uh, reels this week in studying that, and unfortunately for the Jets, Makai Becton shows up quite a few a times. Lot of, uh, showed up yeah. against uh, in the Thibodeau uh, tape as well. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to jump into this uh, classic we've got coming up on Christmas Eve. I might be a little loose using the term classic, but we've got the Saints and the Rams. Uh, we'll jump into that preview right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Holiday Classic is back on NFL Network. This Christmas Eve, watch a special Sunday night of primetime football as the Patriots and Broncos light up the night. The NFL Holiday Classic Christmas Eve live at 8 p.m. Eastern only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Plus. All right, that's going to wrap up the weekend on Sunday night. But uh, to kick things off, we've got a Thursday night matchup, a big one here. Uh, both these teams right in the mix, the New Orleans Saints 
taking on the Rams. And, uh, Buck, let's start on the Rams side of things. I think this is Sean McVay's best coaching job. I know he's won a Super Bowl. I know he's been to another Super Bowl. Uh, but this year, what he's done with this roster, to me, has been his most impressive coaching job. Yeah, I've been more impressed with Sean McVay than I have been this year. Being able to take the team that, look, they they they, they got rid of a lot of the players that were bogging them down in terms of money and those things. And they're trying to do it with young, homegrown products. And to their surprise, they've had a lot of success. Matthew Stafford, being a holdover veteran quarterback, has been able to really help these young guys on the outside develop. Puka Nakua has been a terrific find. You now pair him with Cooper Cup. You got two guys who are interchangeable on the perimeter. Uh, Kyler Williams being able to run the ball effectively. Uh, look, in, in the second season, this offense is training the right way. And then Raheem Mo- uh, Morris has done a really good job of just getting this defense to play hard. They don't beat themselves. And because of that, they've been in a lot of games this season. Yeah, look, I think it, uh, a lot of this comes down to quarterback play. You know, I, I'm sure, um, you know, there were some who thought, well, look, if you're going to kind of tear this roster down a little bit and try to build this thing back through the draft, why, why are you hanging on to Matthew Stafford? Well, because he's really dang good. And, you know, with with Cooper Cup still there and and with the emergence of a, of a run game led by Kyron Williams now, this feels like Rams teams of old uh, and, and, you know, with their commitment to the run and then their ability to push it down the field, you get another young receiver into the mix, kind of the way that Cooper Cup jumped onto the scene uh, in his first couple of years in the league with Puka Nakua. Um, I think there's a lot to like there. Uh, young pieces uh, littered throughout this roster more so than there have been in the last few years now for L.A. And um, I, I just... I, it comes down to quarterback for me, and I think the Rams are a playoff team um, and one of those three wild cards there uh, in the NFC. Yeah, it's setting up for one of the more intriguing storylines, which is if the Niners have it clinched uh, in terms of the number one seed going into the last week of the season, but they could keep the Rams mm-hmm. from the tournament uh, and that little rivalry that they have right there, be able to see <laughs> who plays and doesn't play yeah. uh, if that situation were to present itself. Uh, on, on the Saints side of things, Rhett, I, I just... I look, they're coming off a couple wins against two terrible teams in Carolina and the Giants, but I just I don't have a lot of confidence here in this group, especially when you factor in short week on the road. Yeah, um, I, I get that. Uh, and now the one thing that you will say is there's a little bit of feel good going on there in New Orleans with the quarterback spot. Derek Carr played his best game of the season. You know, again, um, say what you want about the Giants. I, I think they're a you know, they're a better defense probably than they have been uh, offensively for the better part of this season outside of the Tommy DeVito magic. But um, I, I I think that there's still, there, you know, there's some weapons there. Chris Olave, obviously Alvin Kamara. Um, but I, I just don't know if we've seen it enough consistently to feel good about this team on a week-to-week basis. And that's why we didn't even mention them when we were talking about who's going to win the NFC South. Now, I, I did not think that they'd be in the wild card hunt the way that they are here in the way that the NFC has transpired in the bottom, you know, six, seven, eight, nine spots. But th- they might. Uh, and, and in that case, this game is huge, uh, really, for both these teams. But I just feel more comfortable, Bucky, right now with the Rams than I do with the Saints. Yeah, I, I, I can believe that. And a lot of it has been the up and down nature of their offense and particularly Derek Carr. Derek Carr plays great one week, not great the next week. There appears to be some internal issues with Derek Carr and his teammates offensively. And so I hear Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen is all in on his quarterback. And if his quarterback rises to what they think he is, well, yeah, this team would get into the postseason because he'll begin to take over. This to me is the first time in a long time that Derek Carr is playing in 
meaningful games with his reputation at the line. We could talk about this team going to the playoffs or him going to the playoffs with the Raiders a couple seasons ago. But to me, this is the biggest moment for Derek Carr in the stage because we'll see if he is what many people think that he is based on how he's been put in this situation to lead the Saints to another level. Well, we're not going to throw the ball down the field very much. Um, so to me, you got to rally and tackle. If the Rams rally and tackle in this game, uh, they're going to win the ball game. Because, I mean, even last week, talk about that being his best game, Rhett. And he, he had yeah. one completion over 20 yards in that game. So everything's underneath. Not a lot of yardage there. So to me, it just comes down to can you tackle Alvin Kamara and company on these underneath throws that you're going to be seeing over and over and over again. That'll be the key to that ball game. Um, all right. This has been a fun one today. Uh, I appreciate you guys. We covered a lot of ground. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And uh, we'll be back. We've got episodes each and every day, five days a week, including a bonus episode this week. Uh, we do appreciate you. Wish you a very happy holidays right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.